Good morning. Welcome. We're here this morning to hear argument in the case of, let's make sure I get the title, matter of the adoption of AECLF appellant versus CM and MB appellees petitioners. Um, it's a case on adoption, so we just refer to the parties by initials. Or when you're arguing the case, you can talk about adoptive parents, child, and grandmother instead of their full names. Representing the grandmother today is um, Marilyn Austin. Welcome, Ms. Austin. Representing the adoptive parents today, we have Charles Rice. Good morning, Mr. Rice, and Grant Kirsch. Good morning, Mr. Kirsch. This is a civil transfer case. Transfer has not been granted, so that'll be the first issue that the court will review. As we've been conducting oral arguments, each side will have about two minutes before we start asking questions. Parties, are you ready to proceed? All right. May it please the court, I am not reserving any time today. I'll use the full 20 minutes. I'm going to ask you to speak up a little. I will not reserve any time today, uh, Chief Justice. I will be using the full 20 minutes. All right, thank you. Thank you. May it please the court and counsel. This case involves the adoption of a child in DCS custody by DCS foster parents who filed a petition for adoption uh, in Hamilton County in July 2020 and received a, de a decree in their favor. The child's grandmother filed a motion to intervene, arguing that Hamilton County did not have jurisdiction because her own petition for adoption of that same child had been filed six months earlier in Harrison County, which was the county of DCS wardship in February 2020, and because Hamilton County was not a preferred venue. The Hamilton Superior Court denied grandmother's motion, and the Court of Appeals affirmed finding that grandmother had no standing to intervene. The trial court and the court of appeals held for the adoptive parents on the issue of grandmother's standing to intervene in the adoption. And counsel for Appley has argued that, briefed that very competently. However, this case is not about standing. The issues in this case are more general, more basic, and more systemic. Grandmother didn't file her motion to intervene in the Hamilton County case for the purpose of acting in that case, but rather to notify Hamilton County that it had no jurisdiction to entertain the case in the Why first place. Why did she wait? Did she know that that adoption was pending? No, ma'am. That's what I will be addressing further. Was she entitled to know? Excuse me? Was she entitled to notice of the Hamilton County proceeding? She had no notice of the Hamilton County. Was she entitled to notice? The argument that the uh, appellee makes is that she was not entitled to notice. What's your argument? My argument is that she should have been notified because of the fact that she had a prior pending case for the same child. In Did they know about your case in, in Harrison County? The, whether the Hamilton County adoptive attorney knew of it, I don't know. The Department of Child Services certainly did, because they were served with notice of the petitions. But your, but your objection is to his failure to notify your clients in Harrison County. Did you notify him of your, your, your case there? They, they Isn't sauce for the goose, sauce for the gander? At the time that the grandmother filed her petitions in Harrison County, 
they weren't even on the horizon. They hadn't filed an adoption yet. There was no Mr. Kirsch or there were no the foster. But, but that came about while your case was still pending. Indeed, it's still before the Harrison County Court, isn't it? I'm not aware of the Hamilton County case, sir. Isn't your stronger argument that the, the, in the Court of Appeals opinion, it analyzed the case under a rule that you did, you asked for permissive intervention under trial rule 24B2, correct? Yes. And the Court of Appeals said you didn't have understanding and analyzed the case under Rule 24A, which does have a standing requirement. But again, the, we were not moving the court to, we weren't intervening in their case. We were but I'm saying is we're looking at transfer, and you first have to convince us to take transfer. Do you, so I, I mean, I don't want to make your argument for you, but isn't your stronger argument that you should have been allowed to at least file a permissive um, intervention under the rules and the Court of Appeals said no this is under A but I, I went and looked at your motion to intervene you filed it under 24B2 which is permissive and then the court may or may not have abused its discretion under that our position was that basically she would have had the right to file under either section and the fact that the uh, well she did not have where did she have the right under 24A at the time she filed? There, there would, they're correct. That was like the case that their court of appeals relied on, the parties relying on, uh, Tippecanoe County, was a 24A case. In any case, the, the 24, she had the, the right to intervene in order to notify the court because she was a, a, a party in a case that was similar in Harrison County. She, was, she had previously filed a petition in Harrison County, and the court in Hamilton County was entitled to notice of that case. That was her purpose in filing. She was not filing. Juris and you're, you're relying on the jurisdictional priority rule, correct, which, which is not subject matter jurisdiction. It is also a subject matter jurisdiction under the, this court's prior case in Ferger, Ferger uh, versus Circuit, Circuit Court of Marion County, uh, the 1949 case that I previously cited, which stated very clearly that jurisdiction, uh, exclusive jurisdiction, is found in the court of the first of two cases. The court in Ferger said, jurisdiction may be said to have three aspects, jurisdiction of the subject matter, jurisdiction of the person, and jurisdiction of the particular case. They put that in italics. Which of those things do you think is missing here? If I could go on to... Answer my question, if you would, please. You've said there's no jurisdiction in the Hamilton County Court. Is it yes. one of those three, all of those three? What's missing in Hamilton County? What's missing in Hamilton County is that they did not have jurisdiction of the person or the particular case because, as the court went on to say in Ferger, two courts of concurrent jurisdiction, which we have here, may have jurisdiction of the same class of cases and may acquire jurisdiction of the same person but where one of the two first acquires jurisdiction of the subject matter and person of a particular case, the jurisdiction becomes exclusive. In this case, we're talking about a particular case, the adoption of this particular child. That case was filed in Harrison County in February of 2020. S since 1948, in our KS versus state case, we abolished 
the, the notion of jurisdiction over a particular case. So what, what remains is subject matter jurisdiction and jurisdiction over the person. I want to ask you about jurisdiction over the person. Why does your client have standing to object to the, the personal jurisdiction of, a, of somebody else that's not your client? In this case, DCS. Again, Your Honor, I would take issue with that assessment. I would argue that the, the uh, case that you're citing did not abolish exclusive jurisdiction, but rather it confirmed it. And my argument- well, on, that, on that premise, the premise of your post-judgment motions in Hamilton County was that exclusive jurisdiction lay elsewhere yes. in, in Harrison County. Yes. Then on appeal, you said, you acknowledged, you conceded that there was concurrent jurisdiction between both of those counties. So you, you can't have it both ways. Both of those statements cannot be true. So what, which, which is it? There is concurrent jurisdiction as far as both courts have probate jurisdiction. Both courts are entitled to hear adoption cases. They have concurrent jurisdiction of the subject. But how is that, how is that consistent with what you've said is they, they lack jurisdiction? Courts, the Hamilton County Court lacked jurisdiction of this particular case. And that's, and that's, your, that's what you're, that's what, that's, that's the, the horse you're riding on to win this appeal, is that it? That is it. Okay, thank you. County Court lacked jurisdiction of the particular... What if we... You're going to have to have a backup argument here. Excuse you're me? going to have to have a backup argument here under, under the rule. The statute... There's a statute at the time that was in effect that Hamilton um, County was not the proper place because the only nexus was the attorney lived there. That statute changed later, but at the time it was not the proper place. Now we've got preferred venue. So you've got the DCS case, you've got the children living, you've got the adoption. There's no connection with Hamilton County, but for the attorney. So it's not, it's not void. It's, the jurisdictional priority rule is different than, it's not game over if, if you have more priority over the other. It seems like there's a lot going on in this case. There's negotiation of visitation. There's supposed to be visitation the day after the adoption hearing. I couldn't tell in the record if the grandmother knew about their adoption petition or if the adoptive couple knew about grandmother's adoption petition. At the time you filed, the child was living with the grandmother, correct? Time that I filed, at the time that I filed this appeal. No, at the time that you filed the adoption, whoever filed the adoption petition, both children were living with the grandmother. No, okay. that's not correct. At the time that I filed the adoption petition, the older granddaughter was living with grandmother, placed with grandmother. The younger, this child of this case, was placed with the adoptive parents. As foster parents. The foster parents had been placed with them about just a month previous. So, Ms. Austin, good morning. Um, if I could ask you a couple of questions, I think it's important that the facts are clarified here. Um, the, the, the thing, that, cards on the table that bother me is that we've got your client's petition uh, first filed in, in Harrison County, uh, halfway across the state, and subsequent to that, uh, adoptive parents' petition is filed. Uh, as I took the bench this morning, I was under the impression that your client knew that the case in Hamilton County was in fact pending. Uh, and, and was engaged in negotiations with uh, the adoptive parents to secure some visitation rights between uh, the adopted child and, and her sibling. And then the, the hearing took place and didn't have notice of it. Is it uncontested 
that your client did not know about the Hamilton County case, or is that a live issue? client did not know about the Hamilton County case. Do you case. believe that they'll concede that? I, I don't know, but I can tell you that the Department of Child Services didn't know about the Hamilton County case, at least the, fa the family case. They were manager. sued in Hamilton County. What do you mean they didn't know about it? Excuse me? They were sued in Hamilton County. What do you mean they didn't know about it? The family case manager, the CASA on the case, uh, the grandmother uh, did not know about it. They had you no... You said DCS didn't know about it. Excuse me? DCS... Go ahead, the, I, th I believe the attorney for DCS knew about it. I believe that the director of the Harrison County Department knew about it. The director of the Harrison County uh, Department of Child Services signed a consent to an adoption in Hamilton County, which was signed, notarized, but undated. It was a blank check, and it was what was delivered to Hamilton County, and I don't believe that it was anticipated that it was going to be filed when it was. Did DCS know about your petition that had been filed in Harrison County? Absolutely. At DCS. the same time that they are negotiating with, um, with adoptive parents in, in, in discussions? Absolutely. And they never said anything to your DCS. client throughout DCS. any of these proceedings to give you notice of what was going on in Hamilton County? That's correct. DCS was served with notice of the grandmother's petitions for both granddaughters. DCS was listed on the CCS as a party in both of the Harrison County adoptions because they were the custodian of the child. And DCS uh, fulfilled and concluded all of the post-adoption subsidy negotiations for the older granddaughter. And DCS never filed any petition or motion in the Harrison County adoption petition for this the child that said they objected to it. The problem, nothing happened in the adoption petitions in Harrison County at the time they were filed because as yet, the termination of parental rights of both parents hadn't been completed. Once the termination of parental rights was completed, then the uh, permanency uh, designation for both daughters was changed from reunification to adoption, and grandmother was aware that DCS was, for whatever reason, favoring the adoption of the younger child by the foster parents. But she was never notified, nor was I, nor any of the, nor was the CASA, nor was the family case manager, to my knowledge that an adoption had actually been filed anywhere. Certainly what's, what's your legal basis for saying you, were, you're, you or your client was entitled to notice? Well, let's stipulate for a moment you didn't get notice. Entitled. What's the legal basis for saying you were entitled to it? Because they had a prior pending petition in Harrison County. She had a, fire, a prior pending petition for adoption of this child in Harrison Circuit Court. And, and what, what, what rule, what statute are you relying on that says that a pre-existing case entitles the party, the, the plaintiff, for example, the petitioner in that first filed case to receive notice of a subsequent case? I can only go back to the Ferger case, which cites, says okay. that when that, when the Harrison... That's the 1948 case? The 1949 okay. case when the 49. Harrison County accepted jurisdiction of that case for that child that became exclusive. But you have, so you, there, there's a couple things. 
You're talking about the jurisdictional priority rule, and under rule, we have a rule 12 uh, B8. They can file a motion to dismiss based on two places having concurrent jurisdiction. You didn't have notice, but we also have rule 66, and we have this rule with regard to the court could have still denied your petition to intervene under 24 B2. It's it's an abuse of discretion. And there, there's an issue of finality. Um, that there, in the record, it says this child's been with this adoptive couple. It's been with it, this. That she's adopted. She's thriving. She's doing well. How do you counter that? I mean, cause there are cases where there have been this problem on the front, and we, we've got to deal with this jurisdictional uh, quandary with regard to two petitions pending at the same place. But then you've got a child, and there's a strong issue of finality with that child. Um, so even if we found that there was an abuse of discretion, um, not that it was subject matter jurisdiction on the jurisdictional priority rule. To what end? Your Honor, I could only point that the grandmother and the older sister had been the de facto family for this child from birth until she was five years old. They bonded with her. She was, they were the family of origin. Uh, they bathed, bathed, bonded with her for five years until this adoptive family had had the child for one month, or for six months, I guess, when they filed for adoption. The adoption being finalized doesn't take away the fact that this child has lost her family of origin completely. And the issue in this case was not that the grandmother wanted to deprive the foster parents of their right to parent if that's what they wanted. She was willing to acknowledge that perhaps it would be okay for the younger daughter to live with younger parents. She was to that point. But what she was insisting on, what everyone, DCS, the CASA, all of the folks were insisting on, was that there be continued sibling contact between older sister and, and younger sister. That's it. Not supplanting the foster parents' adoption, but maintaining contact, the bond between the family, the sister, and the family of origin, the grandmother. Just so I'm, so I'm clear, what, what is the end game here? To follow up on the Chief Justice's question, are you looking to dislodge AE from her current family? No. So, what, so, so what, what, what relief do you seek? The, the problem in this case is that, and at the family team meeting that was held on October 20th, one week before the final adoption hearing in Hamilton County, Harrison County DCS organized a family team meeting where everyone was uh, called in, it was um, by Zoom uh, video conference, and it was discussed that uh, under the Indiana post-adoption sibling contact law, it is necessary for the post-adoption sibling contact agreement to be entered in the adoption decree of each child. So it was... But at that, but at, I'm sorry to interrupt, but at that meeting there was no mention of what was pending in Hamilton County? None. 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 Ms. Austin, who was there on behalf of the adoptive parents? Were, they at, were, were the adoptive parents present at that meeting? The adoptive mother was present at that meeting. The adoptive mother was Well, then how can... I'm sorry to... No. Go ahead, Justice. Was, was adoptive uh, mother's counsel present? Uh, that I do not know. It was, it was an, a video conferencing meeting. Present? I was present. I don't recall the adoptive mother's counsel being present. 
Uh, but the adoptive mother, the grandmother, DCS representatives, the CASA were all present. Counsel, I have to ask. Three times now you've represented to this court that there was no notice, and now you're saying that the adoptive uh, mother was at that conference. Yes. If, why, why would she be there if there's, if, if there's no mention of her pending petition? I don't know. I mean, was she there as a foster parent? Was she there at, as a foster parent? Was there any talk of them filing an adoption at that no. family case conference? There was no, as I said, what grandmother knew at that point and what the CASA knew, what the, the people on the ground, the, the family case manager, what I knew, was that adoption was the permanency plan for both children and that the DCS office favor, was favoring adoption by the foster mother. We knew that the foster mother had consulted with an attorney. We did not know that an adoption case had been filed anywhere, had no knowledge of that and never did know until after it was final. How did they get notice then? Excuse me? How, when did they eventually get notice that there had been a final? Because so a week or so after this family team meeting, the there was a final adoption hearing? The family case manager's supervisor said that he received notice that the adoption was final when one of the uh, service providers, Centerstone, the counseling agency for this child, called him and said, is our contract for services to this child still good now that the adoption is final? That's the first he had heard of it. We heard of it when the adoptive mother told the grandmother that they were no longer going to agree to the sibling visitation plan that had been worked out at the family team meeting on October 20th and that there would not be a visitation on October 30th, as had been previously agreed, and that any future contact between the child, the children, and the, uh, the two children would be at the discretion of the adoptive parents. And there has been no contact between the children and- And your time's expired. Thank you, Ms. Austin. Your time, the red light's on. Your time's expired. I'm sorry. All right, thank you. Mr. Rice. May it please the court, counsel. Uh, I know I got two minutes. Let me get a couple of things in before we jump into questions. Answering the question about did the uh, ex-grandmother, because the parental rights were terminated at this point, uh, did she have notice? Page five of their brief, they concede they had notice. Specific, which, I'm sorry, which brief are you referring to? Uh, the uh, original brief in the appellate court. Uh, specifically, <clears throat> throughout this period, she was led to believe that she and the adoptive parents could work out a post-adoption sibling contact agreement, which each of them would submit as a proposed order to their respective adoption courts. Now, the question is, did she know it was in Hamilton County? Did she know it was in Harrison County, Jackson County, St. Joe County? It doesn't matter for this reason. My clients were lawful custodians. As this court has ruled in an adoption case, if you're a lawful custodian, you're entitled to notice. At the time the adoption petition was filed, my clients had custody of AE. They were entitled to notice. 
They did not receive notice. If, as Judge Brooks said in the IKEW case from 2000, which was a competing adoption case, he said the answer to dealing with competing adoptions is through the trial rules. Grandmother knew that she didn't have custody of this child. Why? Because the child had been removed from her. Under, Mr. Rice, under, when you have a permanency planning hearing, the permanency plan, I'm assuming in the, uh, term, in the underlying chins, were, there are going to be adoptions. So you know that everyone's marching towards adoptions. That, is there any notice that they know, knew that it was actually filed? Anything in the, because I didn't see anything in the record that Grandma knew that it had been filed, you know, north, you know, in Hamilton County. Uh, the, the question is, and, and what I was getting to is, she wasn't entitled to notice. I understand, but, but I'm, I'm not, that's I, not my I, question. I'm not aware of anything in the record that shows that she right. got official so notice. you would agree that in Hamilton County at the time of Indiana law, it was not a county of preferred, ven proper I venue. Was I with. disagree. Okay. This court's decision in Morrison v. Vasquez just a few years ago, dealing with venue statutes enacted by the legislature, this court said those could be applied retroactively, and indeed did so in that case. Is the only connection to Herod, Hamilton County, where the, that's where the attorney, was there any other nexus with regard to DCS, the Chins, the adoptive parents, other than the council? No, but under the venue statute, as amended by the state legislature, while the petition for adoption was pending, the, the fact that the attorney had an office in that county made it preferred venue. Was there anything that, ha that Harrison County DCS consented to venue in that county? I didn't see anything in the record, because the way the rule is, at the time, and I understand you're saying it's retroactive, at the time it was not a proper place, but that they could consent to it. I saw where the adoptive parents consented. I didn't see, since the child was a ward, that Harrison County consented to venue in that county. I, I, I'm not aware of a specific consent that was filed at the time the petition was filed, Your Honor, but certainly DCS consented to the adoption. Now, but did they consent to venue in that consent to the adoption? I did not see that in that consent to adoption, but I don't think it's of any moment for this reason. An intervener doesn't have standing to raise issues which have been waived by the other parties to the case. DCS gave a consent to the adoption. DCS but didn't under trial rule 24B2, you don't have to have that standing. You get permissive if it deals with the same issue. You would agree that it was the adoption of this child pending in both counties. So in the grandmother, or the grandmother filed this under 24B2, which is permissive, which doesn't have that, that party requirement that A has. With regard to permissive intervention, if grandmother had filed prior to judgment, I think then we might have a different case than where we are today. And what I was trying to say at my beginning, and I didn't get my two minutes in quite yet, but with well, take your two minutes now then. I got close. <laughs> Normally in a situation where you have a, an adoption and you don't have custody of the child, you know the child is placed somewhere by DCS, you use the trial rules. You send a discovery request to DCS. You say, we want to give notice to whoever the lawful custodian is, or is there another adoption petition pending? And then you take the opportunity to intervene. The same page on the brief that I cited to you earlier, counsel concedes that they knew for a couple of months, that was the word, we knew for a couple of months that they thought this issue was brewing. 
They had ample opportunity, certainly from the time in January of, or February of 2020 until October of 2021, there was plenty of time to send a discovery request to DCS and say, is there an adoption petition pending regarding this child somewhere else? Let me ask you this, Mr. Rice. This is really, I think, what caught my eye about the case. Did, did Judge Casati know that there was another case? And the, the reason I ask is, you know, I was a trial judge, and, and I remember the Judge Sla Justice Slaughter's question. I don't know what the legal requirement is. I'm going to look it up when I, I left, but I remember making frequently a finding that there's no other litigation pending concerning this child. I don't know if it's, it's maybe it's a requirement in the adoption statute. It must have been some reason I was doing that. But that, why? Uh, and, and I'd ask. I mean, I'd, I'd ask counsel or I'd ask uh, somebody. If he didn't ask, maybe he didn't ask. But why not, as a matter of course, just do that? I mean, I understood the purpose was we didn't want to end up in this situation where, you know, a couple years later, we're still litigating something that, that could have been settled easily if we would have just asked a few questions, had some discussions about it, maybe invite you up to Hamilton County and say, hey, you know, go back down to Harrison County. I just, I don't know why that wasn't brought to the judge's attention, if you could help me with that. It's an excellent question. First of all, it was Judge Najjar, not Judge Kasati. I want to make sure Credit is due. I, my, thank you. Uh, but I think both of them would typically answer that question. The problem is we didn't know. The reason why is we didn't get notice. We were entitled to notice of grandmother's adoption. Grandmother's adoption petition is silent regarding where the child is, other than saying it's in the custody of DCS. Grandmother did not have custody of the child. DCS does not have a, 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 an orphanage where they have these kids, uh, you know, they, they reside in foster homes. There was someone else who was a lawful custodian of the child that needed notice under this court's analysis. It was incumbent upon grandmother's counsel to send a discovery request, ask DCS, where's this child? Who's got lawful custody? It appears she knew. You're not here objecting to her failure to notify you. What's the significance of that for your case? I, I think the, the reason why it is, is that it's almost an invited error. As, as uh, Judge Shepard said years ago, that uh, following on KS uh, v. State uh, in town of Brownsburg, he said, oftentimes when an attorney is asleep at the wheel, they dress up legal claims as ones of jurisdiction. And that's what we have here, because in a perfect world, Judge, uh, Judge Najjar would have known about this. The, the adoptive parents would have known about it. There would have been some type of either a consolidation, uh, some type of communication between the judges. Isn't that the jurisdictional priority rule? I think, I think it, it is. So, and and I, I, think I, get to, I think I get to where maybe you are at the end, but, uh, but I'm not in the beginning, because you've, you've got a meeting with... Um, did the CASA, the CASA, who was there to represent the best interest of the child and the underlying chance, did the CASA ever have notice that the adoption was filed and finalized? I don't know. The record, I, I, it says they didn't. There's a claim that they didn't. I didn't see where they did. So you've got a family team meeting and you've got an adoption hearing probably already set a couple days later and a visitation set out. You've got a DCS case manager, a CASA, grandmother there, um, and the adoption gets finalized. I, I don't know that the CASA had notice, but the CASA wasn't entitled to notice. And I, I understand that entitled to notice, but you're sitting around the table talking about what's going to be in the best interest of a child. You know, the jurisdictional priority is like, okay, you've got two cases, they've got adoptions pending at the same time. 
um, you know, what do you do? And this comes up more frequently that you know about. This comes up quite often in, in juvenile. And we've got a rule, we've got a 12B8. Um, You've got a question, is there any other action pending? It just, it's, it, this isn't, your, your argument isn't clean because I get the fact that, listen, if they would have filed it before, it'd be different because when you look at the rules and you look at maybe harmless error or invited error, You've got the child, there's finality with regard to that final decree, but the procedure is not clean here leading up to this. I, I, I disagree with, with one crucial aspect of that, and that is grandmother had acquiesced in the adoption. That same page, again from the brief, it's a crucial page. She says that she was okay with them adopting. This she was, said it today. They said it today. She just really thought that yeah. she's family, and they, would, they thought they were setting up some um, post-adoption visitation. And uh, to the court's point, the problem here isn't that there wasn't visitation. The problem is that ex-grandmother wanted it on her terms. And the problem with that is twofold. One, we're starting to trespass upon parental rights of my clients. Because this isn't such as in the, the grandparent visitation case that this court decided, that you run into some Troxel concerns, not when there isn't visitation, but when visitation isn't to the terms of someone else that they want. That's exactly what we So have. is there any sibling visitation right now? Uh, there, there was offered. Is there any sibling visitation right now? Because No, because grandmother hasn't taken up my clients on it. It's not because it hasn't been offered. It's because grandmother has an all-or-none desire, and that is that she wants overnight of this child in a home where this child had some traumatic experiences. But what position, if any, does your client have in the Harrison County case? You're now aware of it, whether you got notice or not. Have you, have you intervened in that case? We, we have not, Your Honor. And, and one thing I want to point out, the prayer for relief that grandmother gave the Court of Appeals and the prayer for relief in the petition for transfer are two different things. And the, why that's important is the Harrison County Circuit Court closed the Chins case. For all the rigmarole that was raised by grandmother, at the end of her brief to the appellate court, she was talking about how the Harrison County Chins Court is going to do this and do that. At the end of the day, the Harrison County Chins Court terminated the wardship. And that's key because one of the things that the grandmother is asking this court to do in her prayer for relief is order the Harrison County Chins Court to reopen the Chins. In incredibly, and, and what's interesting is the Harrison County Chins Court actually looked at this situation and said, no, there's nothing here. You know, I think at the end of the day, the permanency concern is, is, is really critical. But let me just say that, uh, and I, I think that this is something that probably caught the Chief Justice's eye too, when we're looking at this matter, what do we tell trial judges with multi-case families? Uh, you know, they don't get along. That, that's, that's kind of the nature of domestic relations. But I would have liked to have known about those negotiations, I would have liked to have known at least that that was a live issue as to whether or not this child was going to have some court-ordered uh, 
contact, communication, visitation with a sibling before I signed that decree. And, and I, I don't know that Judge, Judge Najjar, he did, had no idea that that was going on. Actually, Your Honor, within the report submitted by DCS, there was discussion of that. So it was there in what Judge Najjar had in front of him. I want to bring... Is that in that record? Is, it, is that yes. in our record? Yes. What exhibit? What, what page, where is that? If, I, if you could give me a second, Your Honor. It would be from page 37 to 39 of the uh, appendix, volume 2. My concern is within this issue of visitation. The, the sibling visitation statute is very similar to the parent visitation statute. And Justice Sullivan, back in 2009, addressed a similar situation where someone tried to say, we're going to consent to the adoption conditioned on there being visitation. And Justice Sullivan, in Inray MB, said that the problem with saying we're going to have visitation conditioned on, or we're going to have, we're going to consent to the adoption condition on visitation is twofold. One, it removes any discretion from the court, because the court has to make the best interest determination, which goes to your point, Justice. But the second is, it can only happen with the consent of my clients. And it removes from them the consent issue. And that's what's important here. Because it's of no moment that grandmother may have wanted certain visitation without my client's consent. It doesn't happen. Because that's what the statute requires. And so, with regard to the question as to what's the end game, at this point, <clears throat> the trial court did not rule on the uh, motion to correct error. It simply said, you know, I'm not going to let you intervene. Obviously, the, the trial court will have to rule on the motion to correct error. Let's assume the court vacates the adoption decree. Grandmother doesn't want to disturb the adoption. She just wants visitation. If my clients don't agree to it, it doesn't happen. And so we're back right where we are. In my response to the petition for transfer, I urge this court to deny transfer for a couple of reasons. One, as, as I forget which justice referred to it, but said there's a lot going on in this case. There is. But there's no problem with the result of the Court of Appeals. I don't agree with everything in the Court of Appeals decision, but I think it doesn't warrant this court taking this case up and ruling on it. I think the issue of judicial priority. Jurisdiction. Or jurisdictional, my, my mistake. Um, I think that can be handled by the trial rules. A timely 12-8, 12-B-8 motion would have solved the problem. If we had known about the case, we could have filed a, a motion to consolidate. But the one party that knew about the case was a party of the case, and that was DCS, correct? Because DCS had to be a party because they had wardship of the, both children, or they had wardship of the child. Correct. 
But in this case, and I, I've handled this, this court may know, I've, I've handled a lot of competing adoptions, contested adoptions. And the normal situation is it gets consolidated. And we have to have special orders. Why? Because adoption's a different animal than just a regular civil case. So why didn't that happen here, counsel? I, you know, as I, am I wrong as I look at the overall record here, trying to, to, to grasp the facts and what really happened? Um, as the Chief just noted, Chief Justice just noted, the DCS is at the table for all of this. And you look at this record as a whole and you can't help but conclude that DCS knew that the grandmother had filed for adoption and yet is, uh, is involved in the, in the case in Hamilton County, doesn't say anything, because it sure looks like DCS wanted to place this child, probably for good reasons, um, with the adoptive parents. I'm off, you know, I understand racist to the courthouse, but it seems here that, you know, the, the one party never got to hear the gun go off. I, I don't think that's accurate for, for this reason. It wasn't an actively competed ad ad adoption situation. There wasn't a competition. One side had acquiesced. They hadn't dismissed their petition, but they were okay in, in letting it go. And they had indicated that to DCS. As to what DCS knew or what they didn't know, I can't answer for that. All I know is DCS isn't here. DCS hasn't moved to withdraw their consent. DCS hasn't moved to intervene in this appeal. DCS is, is happy with where the child is. And I don't think anyone here disputes that the child needs to be in my client's home. But the question that this court has with regard to what, can, what did DC, DCS know, that can be answered with discovery. And the reason why is DCS is prohibited by what it can by statute as to what it can tell people. Frequently in the cases we send, we, we send a, DC, a 26 discovery device to DCS. DCS comes back and says, we'll tell you, but we need a court order. We have a hearing. The judge says, yeah, I ordered DCS to provide that information. They do. We move on and we figure if it out. If both petitions, if both parties on both petition for adoption don't know the other one's there, how do you do discovery? Your Honor, if I'm in a situation such as counsel found herself where I know I don't have the child and I know the plan is adoption, I know there's an adoption petition that's going to be filed somewhere. I may not know who it is, I may not know where it is, but I know who knows where it is. And that's DCS. And that's incumbent upon me to serve a discovery request to DCS and find out from them who or what court I have to intervene in. Thank you. Thank you, Council. Well, Council, we appreciate your arguments today. We will be looking at the case, discussing the case with the first issue is whether we grant transfer. Thank you very much. All right.